0: Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers, Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today I'm going to be talking about the Rangers playoff preview. They take on the Pens starting Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden, and the Yankees continue their winning ways, in spite of Boone's absolute idiocy. So let's go ahead and get started. So I want to start with the Rangers-Penguins playoffs. Normally, I have some notes and there's a couple of bullet points about things I want to talk about. Today, I'm just going to kind of talk off the cuff here about a few things and let's see how this particular podcast goes since it'll probably sound a little different from my previous ones. So I want to start with the Rangers-Penguins playoff series. Tuesday night, the Rangers open up at Madison Square Garden. They're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. And as we talked about before on the podcast, the Rangers seem to match up pretty well against the Penguins they certainly passed the eye test especially with some of the most recent games that they played against the Penguins here um they lost the first game but they did win the last three and in each of the last three they played very well matter of fact one of the games if I remember correctly that I thought was the best game of the year that the Rangers played was against the Pittsburgh Penguins I think they beat him 5-1 on a particular night and boy they looked tremendous in that game um so we will see the playoffs as we all know Are a different story, right? It it is not the same at all as the regular season. We've seen many, many, many times where a team dominates another team in the regular season, only to find out in the playoffs they get beat sometimes badly. Um, hockey is an odd sport. Um, and I would say more upsets happen in the hockey playoffs with even elite teams than any other sport if you were to take a look at it where you would take a look at a certain first-round matchup and say, no way this team you know, beats that team, and, and, it, and it happens. And you can go back every year and see something in the playoffs where that happens. So while the Rangers seem like the favorite in this series, I think everyone has to be on guard here. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have elite talent, although it's getting older. They have a lot of playoff experience, right? We know Crosby and Malkin, many other people on the Penguins have been in the playoffs multiple times. They are battle-tested, they know what to do, and certainly they're going to bring their A-game when it comes to the Rangers in the playoffs. So I think it's important that the Rangers get off to a good start here. The Rangers really, really need to win Game 1, in my opinion, to up their confidence. If the Rangers lose on Tuesday night, and they're down one nothing in the series. It feels like there is a serious possibility of a confidence problem for the Rangers. Um, the last time that they were quote unquote in the playoffs a couple years ago, though I don't count it, you know, was obviously against the Carolina Hurricanes, and they got destroyed, and their confidence was was awful after that. And certainly, it's possible again with the deep playoff experience that this Pittsburgh team has, that something like that could happen. Um, again, I mentioned this on the previous podcast. On the other side of that argument is the resiliency that the Rangers have this year and have shown under Gallant. And I think it's one of the things that Gallant has instilled with the way that he coaches and the way that he makes adjustments in that the Rangers don't often go on losing streaks very long at all, and they seem to bounce back very well. But I am going to stick with my initial assessment that Game one is pretty critical and that I am fairly certain that if the Rangers win game one, they will win this series. Uh, If they lose game one, at best, I think it's a toss up and I think there's a serious chance of of further issues. And, And again, it's not because of the math or anything else. It's just because I think this is a critical, critical year where the Rangers need to start the playoffs with confidence. So I want to see Tuesday night. I want to see them come out flying. I want to see them score first, and we'll see how that goes. I'm going to talk about a couple things regarding uh, specific players on the team. The most critical, most critical thing is Igor Shesterkin, right? Um, we can talk about all kinds of other things. Who's going to score? Who's going to play defense? How are they going to play? Are they going to dump and chase? Are they going to try to go way more north-south than they have in, in the regular season? We could talk about all that. Uh, maybe I'll touch on a little bit of it after this. But way more important in my mind than any of this is how is Igor Shesterkin going to play? He needs to be on his normal elite level for the Rangers to go far in the playoffs. And obviously, Even his non-elite level is really good compared to other goaltenders in the league, but it's pretty critical in my mind that Igor comes out of the gate quickly, as the Rangers need to, and shines early on. I think it will give him confidence. I think it will give the Rangers confidence, and I look forward to seeing what the Rangers can do if he does. Now, beyond that, real quickly, I'll touch on a few other things regarding what I think are keys to the Rangers' victory over the Penguins. At some point in this series, there's going to be some kind of key face-offs, and I hate leading off with this, but it's just been a continued pain point for the New York Rangers for... I think as long as I can remember. I can't remember a year where I didn't think the Rangers sucked on face-offs. You know, all the way back to maybe when they had McTavish and won the Cup back in, you know, 93, 90, 94 a year. But, you know, honestly, it's been years and years and years. And, you know, adding Andrew Cop to the team helped a little bit because cop's pretty decent on face-offs when he gets to take them. But you know, and I know when you look at the stats and you see the and might be slightly over 50% or something, but you guys know, you watch, and I'm not talking about center zone faceoff because they matter much less. I'm talking about offensive zone and or defensive zone faceoffs, the critical ones. When you're taking a, a face-off in your own zone or in the opponent's zone, those are critical. Big, different things happen, right? It changes the game when you win or lose a face-off there. You win it. You might have a pass or two and a goal, right? Or or, or you're stuck in your zone on defense if you lose it for the next minute or two, you know, because you couldn't win a faceoff. So those really impact the game. Um, it is something the Rangers have struggled with forever, and I am going to continue to point to that until the Rangers prove me wrong. So faceoffs, number one. Number two, the Rangers' stars need to play like stars. Zibanejad, Kreider, Panarin... And I'll even throw Strom and Kopp in there, even though they're not really on that same level. And to, and to another level, Fox, you know, to, to a point. Obviously, he's a defenseman, so him playing on an elite level doesn't necessarily mean scoring. But still, Zibanejad, Kreider in particular, and Panarin for sure, you know, have to play on an elite level. They have to be. They are elite players, and they have to play on an elite level. Now, Strom and Cop, I don't call elite But they have to play well also, right? The top two lines on the Rangers have to play like the top two lines on the Rangers, which means they have to generate offense. They have to come up the ice with speed. They have to play north and south. And there's going to be times, yes, when they're going to have to dump the puck in. They seem to be reticent to do that, right? And they're very creative. You know, a lot of times, you know, they have these great passes, very nifty and, That's not going to work in the playoffs. Uh, Folks who are NHL fans and have watched playoffs before know it's a different game in the playoffs, right? You're not going to be able to cruise in, have wide open space, make these great cross ice passes of 90 feet. In most cases, that is not going to work. North, south, you come across with speed. Maybe you make a move. Maybe you dump it. You shoot, right? That is my third point here. So we have Igor has to play well. The stars have to play like stars. They have to shoot the puck. They cannot be too fancy, and that includes Kako, Lafreniere, and all the players I mentioned already. They cannot be too fancy. You come in, you see a shot, you take a shot. Many times this year, and all teams are guilty of this, but the Rangers at some times, they try to make the perfect pass. They have to, have to, have to shoot the puck. See a shot, take it. Just act like Frank Vetrano has all year. He sees a shot, he takes it. It's great. It's one of the things I like about him. He is made for the playoffs in my mind. I think Vetrano is going to do really well because he's a north-south speed guy, has a great shot, and shoots it when he needs to shoot the puck, which I think all the Rangers can take a lesson from here. Last thing is, on my point, the last key is the power play. The Rangers power play has been... Absolutely dominant in this year, this NHL year. Absolutely dominant. It's been great. The best I can remember it, maybe ever. It's been really, really excellent. They have a lot of stars that play on it, and it works. It has to continue in the playoffs, right? When they get on the power play against the Penguins, they have to score on the power play. They can't start this postseason you know 0 for 7 on the power play through two or three games it has to click and click early what that will do is open up ice for the rangers right because what happens obviously is you know someone's speeding in down the line he gets hooked because you know maybe the Pittsburgh defense doesn't want to get beat so he hooks him down the rangers go on the power play now if that happens over and over and the rangers don't score Pittsburgh will not be reluctant to continue taking penalties as much. No one wants to take them, but if the other team's power play is ineffective, you know, sometimes you're more reticent. You're, you're more likely to actually, you know, take additional penalties when you might not have. If you're really scared of the other team's power play, you, you defend differently. And I think that's what the Rangers need to do. They need to make the Penguins really scared. Of their power play and you do that by scoring and scoring early so hopefully if they get a few power plays in game one tuesday night they put at least one in the net and that'll put the fear of god into you know pittsburgh about taking penalties against this powerful ranger power play and so those are my keys to the game uh tuesday night i i hope the rangers start out well again i think this is a critical game one If I had to predict, not knowing anything at this point, I think the Rangers get past Pittsburgh at this point. I just feel like they're the better team, and I feel like they're going to win. I don't think they can win any more series just because of how ridiculously stacked the Eastern Conference is with eight 100-point teams. But in my mind, the Rangers can and should get past Pittsburgh and move on and want to see what the rest of the playoffs would hold should the Rangers actually do that. So... Let's go, Rangers. Tuesday night, let's start off with a win. Get the crowd going. Let's go, Rangers. So I'm going to move on to the Yankees. Um, I want to touch on them a little bit because the Yanks are friggin' rolling. Let's face it. They've won nine games in a row as I record this on Monday. And as the Yankees are headed up to Toronto to play what are early big games in early May here against their division rivals. Nine straight wins. The offense is clicking nine ways to Sunday. Let me let me tell you. They're really hitting the ball well and they're very much pitching well. Um we've had a little bit of a bump in the pitching road lately, but let's face it. Overall, the, especially the starting pitching, not no, not really even. The whole pitching staff has been fantastic. The relievers have been great and the starters have been great. Cole has not been great. Severino's been pretty good the other three starters have been spectacular believe it or not Tyone and Cortez and um, Montgomery have really been great it's made for a great starting rotation and all the relievers have been great you know even Schmidt who Boone with his normal idiocy has sent down to the minors after just being spectacular Michael King is a stud by the way and I have to say this before I talk about a few of my points Michael King should probably be a starter on this team. There isn't room right now because we have five great starters, but let me tell you, Michael King looks absolutely spectacular. He looks better every time I see him. His stuff is elite. He had that one game where he struck out, what was it, seven in a row, an eight of nine. Of course, Boone had to pull him after that because that was pitching too well, apparently. He had to put Chapman in for the ninth, who really struggled. Um, by the way, the same thing happened on the Sunday game where, you know, we had... King pitching spectacularly for two innings. Just absolutely dominating, dominating the Kansas City Royals. And he takes him out and puts Chapman in. And Chapman in a three-run game. left two people on. Gets everybody nervous and then gets out Ben who was hitting three-something, by the way, and could have easily tied it. But, you know, Boone can't take the easy and obvious way, like letting a hot pitcher pitch or or letting a hot hitter hit, right? So that's really what I did want to talk about was the idiocy, idiocy of Boone and how the Yankees are winning in spite of what I think is the worst manager in baseball in Aaron Boone. So we have Rizzo, who's leading the majors in homers, killing it, just hitting homers left and right. And, again, it's great. Um, He hit three of the dinkiest home runs I've ever seen over the weekend um, against... um, Who was it now? It was either against Baltimore or the Royals. I forget. But they were the three of the shortest homers I think I've ever seen in my life. I think it was against against Baltimore. But in any case... (laughs) I don't think any of them were more than like 340 feet and one of them was like a little fly ball down the line it was like 320 feet had like a 10% chance in the stupid stat ratings of you know getting a hit whatever the hell no one cares about that but uh, he had three home runs in a game and they were all dinky, but it doesn't matter. He's had other very long home runs and he's hitting the ball well and he's fielding tremendously. Rizzo's been great. So, you know, after Rizzo has a game prior to that where, you know, he he hit a homer or two. I can't even remember at this point. He's hit so many. And Boone benches him the next day because, you know, rest day, April, rest. You know, God forbid you let a hot hitter hit. He did the same friggin' thing with Aaron Judge who was struggling a little bit, then he came and and hit a homer, and the next day he was on the bench. And and you can't make this shit up. You can't. I I don't know how you make this shit up. It's not possible for a manager to have less of a feel for the game with both hitting and pitching than Aaron Boone does. You see it over and over and over again. Hot people that are hitting, when you're hitting on a hitting streak or you're, you're hitting well, you cannot friggin' take them out of the lineup, Boone, You can't do that. Absolute moron. I got to tell you. Now, obviously, in the offseason, I advocated for just getting rid of the whole damn management team on the Yankees. Let's face it. Brian Cashman has been a disaster of a GM. And Aaron Boone has been a disaster of a manager. I'm sorry. And I know folks who point to, they've had winning seasons. And, you know, they've made the playoffs. And, yes. I'll tell you what, Yanks have done that pretty much every single damn year since 1994, 1995, whatever it was. I mean, seriously, there's been like one year or some ridiculous thing that they missed the playoffs in, in, you know, 27 years or some ridiculous thing. It's been, they always make the playoffs. We know this. This is something these Yankees do, but you know, I'm not going to go into the whole diatribe again, but it's not about making the playoffs. Nobody cares that's a Yankee fan. You know, if you're a Kansas City Royal fan or you're a Baltimore fan or whatever, Cincinnati Reds, yeah, you make the playoffs. That's great. I'm a Yankee fan and I don't give a shit if they make the playoffs. I want to win a goddamn World Series. That's what I'm watching the Yanks for. Everyone knows this. Every Yankee fan feels like this. And if you don't, you're not really a Yankee fan. I'm sorry. Or you don't know the damn team. How? I don't even know what to say about, about Steinbrenner. But, you know, the the point is that the older Steinbrenner, certainly George, would never, ever put up with the shit that Cashman and Boone are doing now. And would not put up with this you know, sneaking into the playoffs and losing in the first round horse shit that the Yanks have done year after year. And when you have a manager that sits people that are hot, that doesn't pitch the right pitchers because it's lefty, righty, lefty, righty horse shit, that sends people down to the minors that are hot, like Clark Schmidt, you know, at the expense of, well, we must have another lefty on the lineup or uh, this other righty. You know, whoever or whatever happy horseshit reason that Boone is giving, he doesn't have a feel for the game. It's simple black and white statistics, whatever you want to call it, sabermetrics, I I don't know and I don't care whatever voodoo statistics he's using. Boone is a moron. Boone does not have a feel for the game and the Yankees are playing well enough now that it doesn't matter. When you get great pitching like the Yanks have gotten, it doesn't really matter how stupid the manager is because you're pitching your way through it. And that, that's, that's great. I'd love to see that. And lately, even the hitting has come around. So we'll see what happens now. They've been playing, you know, the JV teams of Major League Baseball the last little while here. Now they're going to move up and play the Major League teams when they go to Toronto and play some other games against some real teams, right? So let's, let's just hold off on the, you know, parade celebration for the Yanks at the moment, but they are winning. So you can't say anything negative now, except you again can notice things that are happening in spite of the winning, right? And I've said this about other subjects too because there is a there's something that happens when teams are are winning a lot, right? In and, and that is the fact that things seem to go unnoticed that aren't going well when you win, right? And I see this with with lots of lots of sports, right? Things are covered up when you win, things are covered up and you tend to not notice things, right? So when you win, no one is going to say a negative word about Boone. No one's going to notice that he sat people. He should never have sat that. He continues to fuss around with the friggin' lineup every goddamn night. Instead of just having a set lineup that he continues to, you know, parlay this lefty righty horse shit, rather than just sticking with a hot pitcher. Now, when things work, he gets all the credit, right? But when things don't work, he never gets any fuss for it. Because if he plays the lefty-righty book, well, he did by the book. It was a righty hitter. He brought in a righty pitcher, and the guy hit a home run. Well, yes, yeah, because the righty pitcher you brought in has been sucking lately, you know, Chad Green or something, when the lefty pitcher you had in was killing it. You know, you can't just do what the book says. You have to look at what's in front of you, Aaron Boone, And friggin' use your eyes. I can't take them. I can't take them. In any case, I don't want to whine too much. I want to talk about how excellent it is for the Yankee to be playing well and how much I'm looking forward to watching Yankee games for the first time in a while in spite of the moron I see running the team. Both morons, by the way, Cashman and, and Boone. But it is really nice to come out and fully expect to win a game uh, each night now with the way they're playing. Again, they're moving up to varsity. They're going to be playing in Toronto starting on Monday night. So, you know, this will be a different tune come the end of the week, maybe when I talk about the Yanks again. But let me tell you, so far, so good, and it's a great feeling. So let's go, Yanks, and let's continue to put some wins together, and let's see what we can do going forward. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. And I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Hopefully this sort of unscripted version went okay. Thanks all. Have a good day.